the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, where we discuss all things crypto-related. Your host, Kieran Ryan. Those involved in crypto arbitrage will have noticed that premiums, otherwise known as profits, have jumped 100% in recent months. And that's the result of a drop in volumes prompted by third-party payment company Circle's decision to stop accepting payments for arbitrage trades. Circle is the issuer of USDC, which is a US dollar-backed stablecoin that most providers use for arbitrage trading. The throttling of arbitrage services in South Africa as a result of Circle's withdrawal from this market is the reason the arbitrage premium has bounced back to life. Crypto arbitrage involves buying cryptos abroad and selling them in South Africa, where they traditionally trade at a premium due to exchange controls. A few months ago, that premium was about 0.5% after costs and has now jumped to around 1%. That doesn't sound like much, but if you were to trade your full foreign currency allowance of 11 million rand a year per person, that equates to a potential profit of 110,000 rand. So it looked for a time as if the crypto arbitrage market was dying, a victim of its own success. As more people did it, the smaller the profit became. Now, all of a sudden, it's become pretty interesting again as the premium has just bounced back to life. To find out what's going on in this market, we're joined by Harry Scherzer, who is no stranger to the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast. And Harry is the CEO of Future Forex. Welcome back, Harry. It's good to speak to you again. When we spoke to you a few months ago, you indicated that you were suspending your crypto arbitrage service because of this decision by Circle that I just mentioned. I see you recently put out an email saying that you're about to recommence arbitrage trading. Now, explain the background to this and how you've been able to make alternative plans to circumvent this position that you were put in by Circle. Hi, Karen. Thanks so much for inviting me back. And lovely to speak to you again and to your listeners um, and to be back in the market again. It's really an exciting time. So as you mentioned, Karen, a couple of months ago, Circle, which was the third-party payments provider we used to send the money offshore, shut down third-party payments. It was a decision they made in the light of Silicon Valley Bank and other banks going down. They decided they would suspend that part of their operations. And from that day, we've been looking for alternative providers to get back into the market and doing extensive due diligence to make sure that we not only use a provider that maximizes profits to our clients, but also is the safest option. And while there've been lots of options available to us, we've gone with the one that we feel is, as, as I said, safest and maximizes returns to our clients. So maybe to talk a bit further on our solution and the safety um, that we feel that the solution provides. So we use a, an exchange called Kraken abroad. That's who we're using to send payments offshore and that's a crypto exchange and what we really both like and dislike about kraken is that they are extremely bureaucratic and work operate like a bank and what i mean by that is practically it creates a lot of um difficulty but from a safety point of view they are the oldest and or one of the oldest and safest crypto exchanges around. And when I say old in the crypto market, that means they were opened in 2011, which doesn't sound old, but 12 years in the crypto space is an eternity. And in that time, they've never been compromised in terms of funds stolen or funds lost. And the reason for this is back to this bureaucracy, the idea that everything requires multiple approvals before anything is done. So 
effectively, we've had to integrate with them, which has been quite a challenge, but we've got there now. We've integrated fully with them and thought to ourselves, you know what, this is the provider we want to use, a provider that's fully safe with our clients' funds and that fully maximizes returns to clients. Because unlike certain other players in the space, we don't like the idea of using another third party, dragging another third party in that effectively eats some of the margin in order to sort of do the crypto trading side. We'd rather use the exchange directly, thereby maximizing clients' returns, but also in a safe and efficient way. So we feel that this is both the um, safest and the returns maximizing way to do things. Now, I do need to say, Karen, that in order to integrate with Kraken, each client does need to provide an account themselves and link it to Future Forex in order to regain access to the arbitrage. And this can take 10 to 20 minutes. And of course, we've got a video and we've got relationship managers that assist with this if anyone gets stuck. But for that 10 to 20 minutes, as you mentioned, Karen, the, the premiums and as a result, the returns have far widened. And this makes perfect sense. There's a little bit of more work required up front. And as a result, people do far better once they do that initial work and they're getting far better returns which is uh, than they ever were previously, which is, which is great and rewards uh, the work they put in up front, which we can assist with. Right. So your clients will have to open up their own account with Kraken, which is, uh, I mean, I have an account there myself. It, it's, it's a very good exchange. The transaction speed is, is incredibly good and it's very reliable. And then they would have to link that back to Future Forex. Is that correct? So you're no longer, there's no longer a third party on the line. This is just direct between the client, Future uh, Kraken and Future Forex. Yeah, that's correct. We effectively link to their account so that number one, Kraken knows that they're a they're, they're linked with us. And number two, so that we can do the trading. Clients will never have to do trading um, of cryptocurrencies abroad and in South Africa. That's, our, that's where we maximize returns for the clients. That's where we pick the best times to do that trading. And so that's why the linkage is necessary, but this is very practically and easily explained via number one, a video, number two, a set of steps, and number three, a relationship manager if you're still stuck. Okay, let's get back to this point about the arbitrage premium or profit. It has benefited noticeably since you and others withdrew from the market. I, I think it was about two months ago. This is probably the best premium that we've seen for a while. When you're talking about 1% growth. I know people might not think that's, that's very interesting, but when you do have the ability to trade 11 million rand at 1%, it, it works out to be quite a, a decent, fairly risk-free profit. Will this last, in your opinion? So it's a great question, Karen. Um, I'll start off by saying that the premium did skyrocket and has been subdued a little bit by the strong weakening of the RAND, uh, sort of the collapse of the RAND uh, following accusations of uh, us funding the rations. Uh, it resulted in the premium coming down, but not to the levels they were before. Maybe to give some practical numbers here, when we reopened our arbitrage, premiums were at around 25 to 3%, which loosely resulted in a net profit after all costs to clients of around 1.5% per trade. But sadly, those premiums have come down to around 1.5% at the moment due to the RAND, not due to more activity, we don't believe, due to the RAND. And so when the RAND either regains strength or if the market decides that this is the new um, sort of level of the RAND, Premiums will, we expect, come back to those fantastic levels. And to be clear, at 1.5% spread, you're still making just short of 1% per trade at these levels. So it's still far better than before the arbitrage closed, where, where premiums were at 
1%, 0.9% resulting in sort of 0.5, 0.4% profits per trade. So you can see that there's a huge increase since then. And we're hoping that the RAND stabilizes and or, or improves and the profits come back to where they were. Now, in terms of is this a short-term improvement or a long-term, the truth is, Karen, no one really knows. What I will say is the less players in the market, the higher the premium is. And with us being the first to open a fully hedged direct solution with the exchanges, we believe that we're first to market and therefore being able to improve on spreads, uh, being, to, being able to capitalize on this improvement of spreads. And whether other players um, are able to copy this and do and do a similar approach or not is anyone's guess. And whether that will reduce uh, spreads is anyone's guess. But for the time being, spreads are healthy, they're alive, and there's a lot of money to be made. So now's the time to jump in, and we'll keep capitalizing it on it up until spreads are at a point where it's untradeable. Right. So, uh, of course, people should realize that this may not last, and um, we have had that discussion before. Uh, but it does tend to bounce back to life from time to time for odd reasons. As you just mentioned, this whole thing about uh, the RAND weakening because the Americans have accused South Africa of supplying arms to Russia, although that has harmed the premium. Prior to that, the, the, the premium was quite healthy. But you do get these events, uh, sometimes black swan events, which will just make this market bounce back to life, correct? Exactly. It's not a regular occurrence, but if the RAND were to suddenly strengthen, which we have seen in our time in the crypto arbitrage market, we've pretty consistently seen that that results in an improvement in spread. So you kind of, we know, one thing we know about the RAND is that it bounces. It's a bouncy currency. It bounces up, it bounces down. So you've just got to take advantage of those strengthenings in the RAND. And when the RAND weakens, it might still be tradable. But if not, we simply wait for it to become tradable. There's another point here with regulation just around the corner. I mean, crypto companies are going to have to apply to become financial services providers this year. Does that mean that arbitrage is going to become more challenging just from a regulatory point of view and therefore we could actually see fewer providers, fewer participants and therefore a bounce back in the premium? Yeah, so Kieran, my understanding is that providers will have to become what's known as a CASP, which is a crypto asset service provider, which is very similar to an FSP, financial service provider, but with a few extra requirements. And our compliance team have already done these preliminary requirements that are expected, meaning that for future Forex, there'll be no change. And in fact, we welcome this regulation because of exactly what you've said. Number one, it kicks potentially bad players out the market, which is the intention of regulation. And number two, it'll ensure that less players are in the market because there's more regulation required to be part of this market. But as a future Forex client, we've already got full documentation from clients. We've done all the requirements necessary to ensure that we can seamlessly move to become a CASP as soon as it's released. So we really do welcome regulation and it shouldn't have any impact, only a positive impact rather on future Forex clients. But yes, this may result in certain providers either shutting their doors or um, potentially being kicked out if they were bad players in the first place. I mean, it's just interesting if you look at the longevity of this arbitrage market, will it be around in a year or two? And, and I guess it's worth mentioning that you diversified into providing Forex services to high net worth individuals. And that seems like a, a fairly smart business move. Uh, is this a logical extension of crypto arbitrage? Is that why you did it? Yeah, so Karen, we feel that it's a perfectly logical extension. I mean, having traded billions of rands uh, every month before the arbitrage closed, we were exceeding 1.5 billion rand every month of sending money out the country in order to perform the arbitrage. 
we really have become experts at Forex in general. And we've done, I mean, to give some numbers to it, we do around 4,000 trades a month which is over 200 trades a day, we really are doing this en masse. So we've got the systems in place. We've built that up for the arbitrage, but we're now using that to ensure we can improve pricing and service to both businesses and high net wealth individuals wanting to send money into or out of the country because we are the experts in that regard. So we've opened this up uh, as of late last year, early this year, and it's taken, it's been giving us some serious traction, which is excellent. And I'll, I'll ask your listeners, if there is anyone that has a a business or um, is high up at a business or wants to send money out for themselves and would like to look at alternative forex arrangements rather than using the traditional bank which is likely going to be far more expensive and more cumbersome then i really do suggest that you reach out to us and we'll be able to talk you through your current costing how we'll improve on that and how we'll improve on your current service okay harry scherzer ceo of future forex we're going to leave it there thanks for joining us harry We're now joined by Omar Iqbal of Five West, which is a company better known for its crypto payments, gateway and treasury services, but it also provides crypto arbitrage services to its clients. Hi, Omar. Thanks for joining us again. Just a quick question on your arbitrage services. Did you suspend crypto arbitrage as a result of the Circle announcement a few months ago? And if you have, have you been able to find alternative means of arbitrage? Hi, Kieran. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, so we didn't suspend it per se, um, but when Circle blocked um, any third-party incoming payments uh, into into their bank because of losing banking partners, uh, it threw a bit of a span in the works, and uh, we halted the, the arbitrage services for a while. And we actually wanted to be sure that it's not another FTX scenario where clients would lose their money. Uh, so it was more us just um, researching the market and making sure that everything and that we could find a better alternative just so that we could safeguard and safe custody client funds. Since then, we have been able to find an alternative mean uh, for clients to send their monies offshore and still be able to do the crypto arbitrage. I think the most important thing for us was to be able to uh, self-custody client funds. When I say self-custody, um, Five West decided that we'd have a banking partner offshore who'd be happy for our clients to send money overseas. And the money stays in the Five West realm at all times, um, which means that it's not passed to any other third party so that we're the only accountable institution that is safeguarding uh, client funds. Uh, for this, we have a mandate from the SAAB for long and short-term deposits as well as uh, being an FSP. Uh, so we are mandated to accept third-party payments from our clients and actually ensure that we are safeguarding it. So we have been able to find an alternative way of doing the arbitrage, which I think is a much better solution. So in hindsight, I think the whole suspension of Circle uh, was a better way for us to be able to ensure that our clients' money is, is safe at all times. Does that mean that your clients, that you're pooling your fund, uh, your client funds uh, into a single account, or do that you have a, a multiple, a multitude of different accounts? Um, so it's a single account that it's in Five West control, and then we've got an exchange partner in the form of Kraken. Uh, we're still using Circle as well. Uh, so those are the two best that we still um, are using to mint the USDC for the clients itself. But yeah, it's a single bank account that is in Five West control. Um, and that's then we send the funds to Circle and uh, Kraken, uh, wherever the rates are the best on the day. And then we mint the, mint the crypto. And then that's how the arbitrage loop continues. 
So I, I take it that uh, if you're still using Circle, Circle being the issuer of USDC, that you're actually arbitraging uh, on the stablecoin USDC, not on Bitcoin. Correct. It's st- it's still the stablecoin, and then Kraken is if the price for Bitcoin and the premiums for Bitcoin is a lot better on the day. Um, so you always want to have two options. Uh, we also found out that having one option is not the best um, in the market currently because anything could happen and the services are suspended. Having more partners is probably uh, the best option. Okay, uh, just going back to this point about the crypto premium or the crypto profit, if you like, uh, arbitrage profit, it has bounced back to life. It's been pretty good, although since the the announcement uh, or what has happened to the RAND in the last week as a result of United States questioning South Africa whether it was supplying arms to Russia, that has uh, wherever you get this weakening of the RAND, you tend to get uh, weakening as well in the premium. So. Have you noticed an increase in interest in crypto arbitrage during this period? I mean, it has been good for traders, right? Uh, yeah, Kieran. So, look, when Circle halted it, I think because people couldn't send their money offshore, the crypto premiums were rising. Um, but that being said, it's a really very saturated market. Uh, it's been going on for years. I think the, people pretty much know about it already. It's only been a handful of new signups that have been coming through. And that's also from referrals from existing clients. Uh, so I think it hasn't been a massive increase in new signups and new interest being found. But I think the most important thing is that the people who were, who didn't want to trade because of the low premiums are the ones who are signing back up again because the premiums have, have increased over the last few months. Okay, on, on that point, is crypto arbitrage ultimately a dying business or do you think it'll be around a lot longer than many people have predicted? I mean, people were predicting the death of this thing five years ago. <laughs> it's still going. Yeah. Look, I think as long as exchange controls exist, I, I don't think crypto premium arbitrage would die, uh, simply because it's hard for people to get their money offshore. If the Reserve Bank ever does away with all our single discretionary allowance and our, and our foreign investment allowance, yeah, maybe, then it is a dying business because everyone can just send their funds offshore and can buy and can purchase crypto assets offshore. But I think as long as it's a regulated market um, or crypto is a regulated market and as long as people aren't allowed to just send as much money as they want to offshore, it's not a dying business. I think once it starts getting easier again, because I know all of the service providers are starting to sign up again uh, to start their arbitrage um, up again, I think the premiums will they'll go down again. So it just depends on the people. If you're happy to accept 0.51, I think that'll be the new norm in the coming months anyways. Um, and if you, as long as you're happy to do that, I think it'll be still be around. Uh, that being said, um, it was massive a few years ago. And then we got to a point where when everyone was doing it in South Africa, the premiums were so low um, and then something halted and then the premiums were high again. So it's a it's a market that I think will exist, but I think the premiums will just fluctuate depending on whether or not people can get their money offshore with relative ease. Right. So you see 0.5% being kind of the, the new normal that people should get used to in this market. Uh, 0.5 to 1%, yeah, depending on market conditions. Also, it depends a lot on the on the RAND volatility and fluctuation. Um, I think, yeah, the news from ESCOM already gave us a little bit of a an increase in the USD czar rate, and then the arms deal supplying Russia with weapons 
was another really bad one for the rand. I think it was a knee-jerk reaction though in the market and, and the price since has been starting to come down. I think it's about 1905 now. But it also depends on the exchange rates. I think the more volatile the exchange rate is, it also affects the premiums. And then the quicker it shoots up, it, the premiums go down. So there might be a few days where you're not getting any premiums or negative premiums. Uh, so it's a lot dependent on, on the exchange rate as well. Finally, your crypto arbitrage service differs from others in the market or is it pretty much the same? You do seem to have uh, taken a slightly different tack to Future Forex. What Future Forex has done, they require their customers to open up uh, accounts in their own name at Kraken. Well, what you're doing is you are uh, pooling funds, putting it into your own bank account offshore, uh, if I understand you correctly, and you are then doing that as a, as a sort of one lump sum payment to buy the crypto, which certainly makes it simpler. And, and it is, a, I can see, a useful way to work around the problem. Is that the, the key difference there? I think it is the key difference. And I think for us, the main, most important point was um, just that uh, the client funds are safeguarded. So once they're sending them from South Africa, they send it out in their individual names open their own bank accounts, uh, fund their own bank accounts, own source of funds. And then uh, that's, we send the money offshore into our own bank account. And then from there, yes, you, you said it perfectly right. We then send it to a crypto exchange uh, where, we, where we mint the USDC. So I'd say that's the main the differentiating factor. But for us, yeah, the most important point was not to give complete control to a third-party exchange um, and to minimize the amount of time money would sit on an exchange um, to avoid any mishaps like the FTX uh, mishap that we had a few months ago. So so that's that's the key differentiator. But yeah, for us, it was more about the security and just making sure that the client funds are safeguarded. So that's the most important point that uh, we've been focusing on. Fantastic. Omar Iqbal, CEO of 5West. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, Kieran. Happy to be on. We're now joined by Kyle Dowie of crypto arbitrage company Duya. That's spelled D-O-O-Y-A. That's based in Durban. Hi, Kyle. Uh, good to speak to you again. Were your operations disrupted by the Circle announcement that I've just mentioned? Morning, Kieran. Yeah, good to uh, chat to you again. Um, so, yes, uh, we were uh, affected by the Circle announcement. Um, we used Circle as one of our service providers, uh, essentially the gateway that our clients used uh, for their fee. It's uh, on-ramp. Um, however, when Circle made the announcement, uh, yeah, our, our teams kind of worked around the, the, the clock to, uh, to implement an alternative uh, solution. And uh, we were fortunate to be ba- uh, back up and running within a few days. Uh, yeah, so our, our clients weren't really affected in terms of you know, not being able to trade for an extended period of time. Um, and yeah, as I said, it was only really for a couple of days that uh, we, we, we weren't able to trade. And how were you able to find a way around that? Uh, sure. So uh, we had a couple of uh, of other service providers uh, that we were able to, to kind of reach out to and to make alternative plans. Um, yeah, essentially, it was all about just finding an alternative means to be able to provide our clients for a fiat on-ramp. Um, and yeah, as I said, we were fortunate to be able to not only to find a solution which worked, but also from a technical perspective, uh, for our, our IT teams to be able to integrate that solution and obviously to test it and uh, to get it up and running pretty quickly. So what are you arbitraging now? Is it still USDC? Is it Bitcoin? Or is it a combination of both? 
Sure. So we actually use a, a combination of both. Um, so we use uh, USDC essentially as our uh, as part of our flow of funds. We don't normally use it for the actual arbitrage itself, but more just to get the client's funds from point A to point B, if I can put it like that. Uh, and we primarily use uh, Bitcoin for the actual arbitrage transaction itself. All right, and I guess a lot of people would be, uh, given what happened with FTX, there's a lot of concern about security of funds. How do you bring comfort to your clients that their money is safe? Sure, 100%, Karen. Um, security is obviously our, our number one priority for our clients, um, and it kind of influences all our, our business d- 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 decisions that we make with regards to our, our arbitrage service. Um, kind of how we obviously factor that in is firstly just to make sure that we have you know best and practice security standards so you know whether that's how we're storing data or clients information or you know how how our from a technical perspective how we're integrating with different uh, platforms and services uh, service providers and uh, i guess the other key element to that you know when you mention ftx and, and things like that is obviously being very careful in terms of who we choose to partner with and which service providers uh, we, we make use of and obviously there's a very thorough vetting process um, that goes into that. Um, and yeah, and I guess we were also fortunate in that in terms of the, the due diligence that we've done and that, uh, yeah, we haven't really been affected by any uh, security issues or any of the exchanges such as FTX, which uh, unfortunately have, have gone under. Yeah. I mean, with what happened with Circle and we've seen the bounce back in the, in the crypto arbitrage market in quite a dramatic way in the last few months, has there been an increase in interest for your services? So yeah, so so most definitely. So uh, uh, obviously the the circle announcement uh, negatively affected us and our our business operations. Uh, one of the the definite upsides to it was the increase in the the actual premium which uh, the market has seen over the last few months. Um, so yeah, we, we uh, April uh, was one of our best months ever in terms of of uh, volumes and you know being able to to execute trades for clients, which has been great. Um, we've definitely seen an, an uptick in terms of new interest uh, from clients uh, wanting to sign up. Um, and yeah, and it's also obviously been, been great for our existing clients to be able to, uh, to execute trades with them at a, a substantially higher rate than what we've seen uh, over, over the past year or so. The question I asked uh, Omar Iqbal a little bit earlier, is crypto arbitrage a dying business? <laughs> Great question. Um, I think I've, I've been asked that question uh, ever since we got into this industry over the last two or three years. Um, so uh, my answer to that would be no. Um, obviously, uh, there's you know factors at play which kind of influence the actual premium. And you know over time, you know if you compare back to you know three four years ago, there's definitely been a, a decrease in the, the, the premium. But uh, that premium is still there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, on some of our previous chats, you know, we've into reasons for that. But as long as those reasons are still there, um, and you know, personally, I don't see the, those reasons are going away anytime soon. Uh, there will still be a premium, and as long as uh, there's a premium uh, in crypto, the, the arbitrage market will, will still exist. Um, so I, I definitely don't see it as a dying industry, um, and yeah, hopefully, it continues. How does your crypto service differ from the others, your competitors in the market? Yeah, so I, I think there's a couple of, of, of touch points which uh, we like to think that, that we differentiate our, our, ourselves uh, compared to some of the other players in the market. Um, so the first of those would be that uh, the fees which we offer are, are, are some of the lowest, if not the, the lowest in, in, in the, the, the actual industry. Um, you know, compared to some of the competitors out there, our, our fees are less than half than the, some of them. Um, and it's not only 
fees which are we as as do you charge it's also you know the the fees which the different service providers uh, charge uh, along the way so you know, forex rates and things like that and uh yeah we've been able to form some some great partnerships uh with some some of those other players in the market uh, which allow us to bring additional benefits to our clients um yeah w- w- when it comes to those fees as well and um, something else which, which i think differentiates us is that uh, we have our own in-house uh, proprietary trading system so it's one that we've self-developed and and worked on and and tweaked um as opposed to an off the the, the shelf uh, solution which you know some some of the, the other other uh, arbitrage crypto service providers would make, uh, make use of and what's great about that for our clients is it means that we're essentially we're able to to generate superior returns compared to an off-the-shelf uh, solution um, and, and, and that's obviously a, a, a benefit to our clients and to uh, potential clients as well and then lastly I'd, I'd say you know something which uh, we are definitely pride ourselves on is our customer service and just um, you know offering a, a seamless fully hands-off service um, you know once clients have signed up and, and onboarded with us there's there's actually very little for them uh, to, to do and to, to be involved in and our uh, support team and our customer service team kind of takes care of, of everything um, from there and yeah you know it's always great to to get positive feedback uh, from our clients about things you know which we've done well and at the same time you know to areas for uh, that we can improve on and, and get better and you know we, we always appreciate that feedback from our clients do, do you not also arrange uh, loans for clients to do trading so not directly ourselves, no. Um, we do again. We have, you know, we have access to uh, different service providers, if I can put it that put it that way, partners to be able um, to provide loans to trade. Uh, you know, obviously when it comes to crypto arbitrage trading, there's very specific conditions that that loan would need to comply with. Um, so yeah, in short, we don't do it ourselves, but we do, uh, you know, we do have access to partners who are able to offer that if our clients makes uh, wish to make use of that. Great stuff. Thank you very much, Kyle Dowie, who is the CEO of Duya Crypto Arbitrage Firm in Durban. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, hosted by Kieran Ryan. To listen to our other podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.